The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. PFTOT, the daily show that we do after PFT Live ends, so we can talk about stuff that we already talked about some more or get to things that we didn't get to. And, Chris, I'm going to be talking to Kevin Colbert, the Steelers GM, later today. We'll ask him some questions about what they did. You know, the Steelers, they don't draft for need. They trade up for need because they traded up to get a guy they desperately needed in the middle, Devin Bush. He's a guy they loved by virtue of the fact that they went all the way to number 10 to get him. It's a lot of pressure on Bush to come in and play right away, but they're going to have him on the field every down. And this is the the need they failed to address last year as they were dealing with the Ryan Shazier injury. They never properly replaced Shazier at middle linebacker, and now they have. Yeah, they have. I mean, this was the biggest need on their football team. And again, the Steelers are a Super Bowl caliber football team, and I'm still going to say that even though there's no Antonio Brown this year. That's what I I believe, yes. I mean, there are only a few pieces off. This is still a team that's got a good offensive line, a good defensive line. It's still got big Ben Roethlisberger, still has weapons in the pass game. But one of the things they missed last year is the middle linebacker play by Shazier. Year. Mike Devin Bush played in a pretty awesome scheme at Michigan where you know it's a little bit similar to Pittsburgh in the way of this Mike where they ask their defensive lines in Pittsburgh a lot to stunt and move around and twist and do all these things and it's not always easy to play middle linebacker in that kind of chaos because you know the coach might go you know you got to worry if this guy gets knocked out of his gap you got to be athletic enough to react and cover his butt that way Bush is athletic enough to do that and played in a defense that did that a good amount in Michigan to where I think he's used to it. I thought it was an amazing pick and move by the Steelers. And then they didn't have a second-round pick, uh, but they did have a third-rounder. They had two yeah. third-rounders, one by virtue of the Antonio Brown trade, and that became Deontay Johnson, receiver out of Toledo. And we have seen over the past decade the ability of the Steelers to get receivers in rounds three through six and turn them into great players. I think having Ben Roethlisberger around – may have a little bit to do with that but sure. still Deontay Johnson becomes the latest guy who within a year or so we're going to be saying wow look at this guy and the Steelers are lucky to have him yeah Deontay Johnson uh, I think was on a lot of guys a lot of teams radars for maybe being man we hope he's there late in the second round early third round whatever it may be he is pretty damn good Mike I mean I was very impressed one of the surprises I turned on as far as receiver you know the only thing that was negative about him maybe his straight speed wasn't special but his like acceleration and ability to make people miss you know he's got some punt returning type ability uh that way as well I think he'll really fit Pittsburgh and I would be shocked if that doesn't work and become somewhat successful and then even after that Mike in round three they get a Justin Lane a corner from Michigan State who I really liked as well a long athletic corner uh that will give them a guy that can match up with maybe some of the size receivers they have to play throughout the year 
And with Le'Veon Bell gone last year, they relied upon James Conner and Jalen Samuels right. as their main running backs. Now fourth-round pick Benny Snell from Kentucky. And, you know, fourth round at that position is high enough where you are expecting a contribution. And now they'll have that three-headed monster. As they And look, Chris, the best way to avoid another Le'Veon Bell situation is not have a workhorse running back. Then none of your guys ever generates the kind of yardage touchdowns, attention, jersey sales, notoriety, everything that puts you in a spot where you have to use the franchise tag. And maybe this is going to be their new reality, almost like what the Saints do. Two or three guys who are constantly churning in or out, and none of them ever become as big as Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that that is a nice formula. There's just not a lot of teams that have been able to pull that off. I mean, the Patriots are one of the few teams I look at that's been able to use, like, running back committee, you know, for about by the last six or seven years. And I think they've even gone, okay, we got Sony Michelle now, uh, and we're going to change. So uh, that would be nice if you have that kind of rotation. It's, you, got, you can do different things with different players, and no one can dictate who you're going to give the ball to on a regular basis. Uh, I hope it works out. I, I think the group is pretty damn good uh, with the addition of this Benny Snell. And, and, and here's the thing about the draft. You never know going in how these guys are going to work out. But 45 years ago, somewhere, whatever the content was, whatever the format was in 1974 after the draft, someone somewhere was talking about Lynn Swan in round one, Jack Lambert in round two, John Stallworth in round four, Jimmy Allen in round four, and Mike wow. Webster in round five. Who wow. doesn't belong and why? Jimmy Allen. He's the only one of that group that didn't make it to the Hall of Fame. That's so, amazing. Yeah. You never know where that's going to pop up again, but it was 45 years ago in Pittsburgh that those guys, most of whom weren't all, you know, not household names in Pittsburgh when they arrived, but quickly uh, found that path. All right. The Washington franchise found their path back into round one to get Montez Sweat in a trade up with the Colts. He's a guy who was off multiple draft boards because of this thickening of the heart that was detected at the scouting combine. And then there was a late report last week that another doctor said, oh, that was a misdiagnosis. Well, th there wasn't a set of reports that was sent out to all the teams saying that Montez Sweat is fine. Team still had him off the board entirely. Washington saw him as very, very high on their board. They made the move. They got him, and they're thrilled with the guy, and they're willing to take the risk that there is something going on from a cardiac standpoint that could keep him from playing at some point down the road. Yeah, I, I mean, the guy's a special talent. And, you know, from my understanding, there do, it does seem like there's, you know, a few people in the NBA who have this condition as well and continuing to play. You know, um, I think the value is just too much to pass up. I mean, again, I'll go back to one of my favorite sayings I, or one of my sayings I say a lot. You know, 6'6", 260 pounds and ran 4'4'1". Not many people, if any, people on planet earth that have those measurables i mean he's a special special athlete one of those guys mike that when you turn on the college film you go wow look at the guy you also go "Ooh, i wish you know he was a little bit more dominant but you know with guys like this at times a lot like your Daniel Hunter up in Minnesota, the college film doesn't always look that great because they're a little raw and they really just always try to win with their pure ability, speed around the corner or an occasional power move, but have been taught no you know, hand use as far as how to hand fight and no variety of pass rush moves to have a plan. You know, I think I look at that and this is where guys like Amante Sweat can just rock it up the sack board as far as one of the best sackers or quarterback, you know, 
uh, rushers in all of football because between that and the NFL coaching and then being around other alpha males. See, with a lot of these guys at times, my take is always like a Montez Sweat. He was the man. He had nobody to athletically challenge him. I'm the guy. I'm the biggest stud on the defense. You know, there's nobody that's as freaky as me. But now he's going to get around some other guys that are going to be pretty damn freaky too. And he's going to go, whoa, okay, they're working hard and they're freaky. I got to raise my game. And I think that's what people draft with these guys at sometimes. It's the, you know, the projection that they're going to grow into something even more special. And it is odd to see that a guy who was taken off the board entirely for multiple teams, not, hey, we'll make him a value pick in round five if for some reason he's still there. He's off the board entirely. Washington trades back into round one to get him. This is a boomer bust proposition, and he's most likely to be a boom as long as this heart condition doesn't yeah. become an issue at some point. So Washington, between the Reuben Foster pickup last year, now Montez Sweat, they, they were very fortunate to have Dwayne Haskins, their quarterback of choice, fall to them at number 15. Washington has to be feeling pretty good about where they are right now. And yeah. then, oh, let's throw in Bryce Love. If Bryce Love can regain the form that caused him to gain 2,000 yards at Stanford as a junior, uh, they've got a crowded house in that, in that backfield. But, boy, that's a great way to give Dwayne Haskins time to find open receivers if you've got running backs who can move the chains. Chris, there's a chance this team could be figuring it out. No, I agreed. You know, I mean, you know, uh, Darius Geis, if he gets back in the fold here, they thought he was a first-round talent last year. They ended up getting him in the second round. So you get him with Adrian Peterson. We know Jordan Reed's special, right? Paul Richardson, he's got some special attributes about him. He got a little banged up and hurt last year. Uh, of course, Doxon out of TCU, he's had moments they need him to show up but man they're Mike like what you just said I mean they're front seven on defense just those names you mentioned I mean Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne defensive tackles from Alabama who were both first round picks the last two drafts with a Kerrigan on one end and Montez Sweat on the other end and then a Reuben Foster in the middle holy cow those are some names and some studs on that defense yeah, you know, if, if that debate ever comes up again about changing the name of the franchise, maybe they should just call them the Crimson Tide. The Washington because, Tide, uh, they, yeah. Right. They, they, they love those Alabama players. Hey, it works, right? Yeah. I, and somebody's eventually going to do it with Clemson players now that Clemson has become the preeminent team in college football. Right. All right, San Francisco 49ers, once upon a time, were the preeminent team in the National Football League, but it's been 25 years and counting since their last Super Bowl win. couple of receivers, Debo Samuel from South Carolina in round two, Jalen Hurd from Baylor in round three. You know Kyle Shanahan. You know what he's looking for. What did he see in these guys that make them fits for his offense? Yeah, I think Kyle, uh, you know, a lot like New England, how they play matchup secondary, like with their cornerbacks. Like, you know, they put their small guys against small guys and big guys guys versus big guys Kyle Shanahan his philosophy at wide receiver is to find guys that can do different things within you know different parts of his offense and have certain roles assigned to them they got a Marquise Goodwin who's the guy that can fly over the top you know world-class speed uh, they got a guy in Dante Pettis who's really kind of all-around guy great route runner can beat you deep but that's not his number one thing but also a good you know in between jerk route option routes things like that they got George Kittle we know he's the tight end but but what Hurd, um, Hurd bring to the table, excuse me, and Debo Samuel is they're like 
the version of Muhammad Sanu that Kyle Shanahan had in Atlanta at the time when they were went to the Super Bowl and were a special offense. These guys, Mike, I had more friends around the NFL who loved these two receivers. You know, at the top of the second round, we're hoping to get a Jalen Hurd of the third round, who was a running back at Tennessee and transferred to Baylor because he realized, man, I'm going to kill myself at running back. I can have a longer career at receiver. But both these guys are physical, Mike. They go over the middle. They catch the ball in crowds. They make people miss over the middle. They can break tackles, and they're going to block in the run game. And that's an important part for Kyle Shanahan's offense, too. You know, you see that sometimes, Mike, right, where, you know, the quarterback's under the center. He sees the safety down in the box. He motions a receiver in. Hey, come in. You got to block that guy. These guys are physical and uh, bring that element to their offense as well. One or both wouldn't have been drafted if the 49ers had gotten their wish and swung the deal for Odell Beckham Jr. He instead, one of the players joining the Cleveland Browns. And we're mentioning the Browns because they're not done yet. The Browns reportedly have continuing interest in Gerald McCoy. He was the third overall pick in the 2010 draft, one behind Ndamukong Sue. And look, yeah, McCoy's not the guy that he was earlier in his career, but the the idea of Gerald McCoy being added to a defensive line that already has Miles Garrett, Sheldon Richardson, Olivia Vernon. It, it, it's, it's, you know, we were so focused on the Browns offense. The defense could be dominant if they would keep adding pieces like this. It, it's going to be pretty damn good without Gerald McCoy, but this, you know, one of these guys is the critical mass piece that turns it into a defense where we start saying, holy crap, this defense is going to be good. Yeah, there's some pieces certainly to like. I mean, I, I know that. I mean, again, they got Greedy Williams in the second round. Greedy Williams was, you know, the best pure man-to-man cover corner in the draft. I don't think anybody would even argue that. I mean, that's the first thing everybody said. So you get him, and you mentioned some of the other names. I mean, you know, Sheldon Richardson and Miles Garrett and, you know, Ogan Joby, who's a big defensive tackle. They got a North Carolina A&T last year. But you add Gerald McCoy to this mix. Uh, McCoy, yeah, might not be the superstar he was two, three, four years ago, but is still really good. Still a guy, when I turn on film in Tampa Bay, I go, damn there's number 93 causing havoc in the middle of the defense once again and uh yeah you know would you pay the only thing they have to come to trade terms with in cleveland is go okay are we okay to pay 13 million dollars to gerald mccoy maybe just for the year you know you'll see where it goes it's almost an evaluation and then just how much of a asking price is tampa bay asking for at the end of the day but uh that's the one thing i love about john dorsey he's aggressive not afraid to take chances and they got the money and this is the time to do it and he knows it and he's trying to strike while the iron's hot this is part of the the analysis that that can make these trades a little tricky if you're the browns do you take on that contract for 13 million this year if you're giving something up to get him Will McCoy be willing to redo his deal? At some point, if you're the player, you just say, screw it, cut me, and let me go pick my next team, unencumbered by a trade. Because the thinking is, a team will pay you more if they don't have to give something up to get you. Because it's all part of the same pot. It's the money, and it's the draft pick. And if you can take the draft pick off the table or the player that you have to give up, and there's some talk that maybe Duke Johnson would be a fair trade-off. He's a guy who wants out of Cleveland, who they don't really need at this point. Maybe you could throw Duke Johnson his way, but from McCoy's standpoint, if they start talking about taking less money, that's when he may start having to think about saying, I'm not redoing my deal. Tampa can keep me at 13, 
or they can cut me and I'll go wherever I want to go. Yeah, no, that, that'll be the decision he will have to make. Um, and, uh, yeah, that won't be easy. But, you know, a Gerald McCoy, gosh, you know, a chance to go play for a team like Cleveland at this point of his career. Maybe he's sick of Tampa Bay and the fact that, you know, gosh, it always seems like a rebuild and where are we going to go? He might welcome a, a trade opportunity like this too just for a change of scenery and, and see if he can get some different results as far as his team's concerned. All right, one more to get to, and this deals with a team that we always give the benefit of the doubt because we always assume they have a plan, but with Rob Gronkowski retired and Dwayne Allen cut and Austin Safarian Jenkins, who has had mixed results during his time in the NFL, the only thing they've done to upgrade the tight end position, they didn't draft a tight end, and they traded Jacob Hollister to the Seahawks on Monday. Now, conditional seventh-round pick. That's a guy who was getting cut, right? That, 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 and that's a guy who still may get cut by the Seahawks. But you look at the Patriots and you say, what really are they doing at tight end? And uh, are, are they waiting for future developments? Are they reconfiguring their offense now that they have Nikhil Harry, who will be on the outside playing receiver? I mean, what do you think they're up to? Yeah, I mean, they're not going to totally avoid the tight end position. I am a little surprised that maybe there's not another, you know, just really concrete, okay, this is a good tight end on their roster. You've, you've made the point. There's, you know, Austin Safarian Jenkins, there's some special things about it game certainly and I think that's what New England sees but it's kind of yet to be proven he was immature in Tampa Bay you know the Jets he had some moments that were solid uh, so I guess they're banking on that I'll throw another guy out there that I think should be on the radar as far as tight end they got a kid Steven Anderson who's in his third year out of California he played for the Houston Texans before this Houston of course has a lot of New England parts to their team and roster too I think he can show up but I think New England they'll find another approach as well whether it's bringing the extra receiver in the game maybe not as much tight end maybe they're in what they would call 11 personnel more one back one tight end three receivers uh maybe they're in you know just normal you know uh one one tight end two backs type of personnel and two receivers but not as deep at that position not as talented and i just you know you look at the you know look out there right now like would New England kick the tires on an Antonio Gates from the Chargers to come in and add some to the pass game? I just wonder if there's somebody out there that we're not thinking about or is there a trade that they have on their radar that we're not aware of that's you know maybe being thrown around as a possibility in New England? Well, that, that, that Kyle Rudolph yeah. possibility, but you know we've talked about that. Irv Smith was a guy that we flagged that they may try to draft, and right. the Vikings drafted Irv Smith, so now maybe they could trade Kyle Rudolph to the Patriots at some point down the road he's in the last year of his contract that fits that profile they like those guys in the last year of their contracts because then if they leave via free agency that adds to the overall pile of potential compensatory draft picks all right chris great job as always when's the next chris sims on button is that a wednesday, wednesday. Thing? that's a wednesday all thing right. yep well, the, the, the Monday one is still out there. You've got your gold, your silver, and your bronze medals for your uh, your draft grades. You were with Paul Burmeister talking draft and plenty of other things. So everybody check that out if you haven't yet. PFTPM coming later today. We're scheduled to have Kevin Colbert of the Steelers and Eric Costa of the Raiders. Cool. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition Wednesday. Yo, you're Wednesday. This is a fo- you're back to Fridays off, right? I just I got to get this I got to get this no right doubt, again. You're no back doubt. to only working four days That's a week. That's right. The hell with Friday. I'm not working with All you right. on a Friday. I can't ruin that day. It's a special day. Well, you're stuck working with me on Wednesday. We'll (laughs) see you Wednesday. Everybody have a great Tuesday, and uh, we'll do this again tomorrow. See ya. (sighs) 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.